The three most important letters in sports. Even better than those. TVV. 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 It's Fox 6 Sports Director Tim Van Voren on Homer and Tony. Tim Van Voren is brought to you by Mars Cheese Castle, a Wisconsin landmark that you need to experience off I-94 in Kenosha. Meats, cheeses, bakery, bar, and restaurant all under one roof. Learn more at MarsCheese.com. Tim Van Voren, Fox 6 Sports. What does his scouting bureau say now as the Packers are a day away from preseason game? Or excuse me. He's that, wait, he's that ant JV. Fam. What does he say about that save? Saved the home run. It was in the glove. Over the fence. Pulled it back. That's true. What did you think of it, TVV? He saved a run because it would have clearly been a home run since the ball was over the fence. No question. Uh, you're talking about Tyrone Taylor racing back there on Gavin Lux's fly ball out here at American Family Field. It was in the glove over the yellow line at the top of the wall. Yeah, he pulled it back in. Uh, couldn't hold on to the ball, but pulled it back in, so that's a triple. It comes in the same inning when Andrew McCutcheon kind of misplayed a ball out there in left field on the track uh, that went for a double. So uh, Taylor's play definitely big in helping the Brewers here trying to get a split. You think with Corbin Burns in a 5 nothing lead, you're safe, and we'll see. It's not over yet. And Gavin Lux is a local. Gavin Lux, former high school hotshot on Fox 6. I remember being down there to Kenosha Indian Trail uh, high school talking to him when he was a high school senior, and uh, he's done pretty well since then. Did you have any idea that he was this good? He was touted as this good. I mean, he was, you know, the first round draft choice. He was touted as 100% legit. Uh, I used to spend some time down at uh, Hitters there in Racine, and he spent a lot of time at Hitters when he was coming through. You know, his uncle is Augie Schmidt, who's the coach over there at Carthage. Augie Schmidt was the number two pick overall the year he came out of the University of New Orleans. And so there was an open key, open opportunity to always get in and hit there at Carthage. And, um, you know, Gavin Lux took full advantage of it. And definitely a Wisconsin guy who's made good. All right, back to the important stuff. (laughs) The Green Bay Packers. And your scouting bureau, things you've learned, players you want to mention as game two of the JV exhibition season is tomorrow night at home against New Orleans. Okay, a lot of times, Homer and Tony, when we do this, we talk about guys who are coming on, who are making good impressions, mm-hmm. who are, uh, you know, moving up the depth chart, if you will, or possibly Uh-oh. doing that. And we, and we can do that. This is we trending can do that. the wrong way. But I'm going to mention a guy who's going to just not progressing as, as you would have expected. We want to know that. Yeah. Uh, and last year, he was a guy, I'll admit, I was touting. He made, I think, some leaps pretty quickly when he came to the team. But Tyler Davis, to me, is backsliding at tight end. Oh. Uh, you know what? You need to Uh-oh. catch the football. He had the Jordan Love interception through his hands. He's had, he had a ball through his hands at family night. He's had some, some balls that he should have caught. He, caught a, he, he dropped a pass last year at Detroit in the regular season finale. I'm not dogging Tyler Davis. He obviously knows... Uh, the offense extremely well. He's a former college quarterback. He's an effort guy. Even after the drop the other night through his hands, he chased down the, the interceptor and made the tackle. He's a hustle guy. He's going to make the team for special teams, all that. But if you remember in the offseason, 
the Packers were touting. Brian Goodikens in particular brought him up unprompted. We really think we have something there. They might, but if you're a tight end, you cannot drop the football when it comes your way. So talking about all these young receivers who aren't necessarily in the right spots for Aaron Rodgers' case, that's one thing. If you get the right spot and the ball comes your way, you have to catch it then too. Well, and I would add, uh, with the Packers, it's even worse. If you drop the ball, Aaron Rodgers is never going to throw to you. I think on other teams, you might have a chance or – uh, with Rodgers, I'd say even less. That's been the past history. I would yeah. agree with that. So, I mean, to me, that's the guy. Plenty of time for him to make it up, as I said. He's going to make the team. He has a valuable role on the team. But if you're going to be a pass-catching option, you have to catch the passes. So there's a guy that I would say I'm watching for the remainder of the preseason and uh, you know training camp such as it is with no more public practices. Um, as, as a guy who's gone the wrong way. There are plenty of guys who've gone the right way. Well, let me, let me interject bit. for one question before you get to that, because your scouting sure. bureau has now made me want to ask, what are they going to do with tight end? Uh, is there improved uh, thoughts on DeGuar? I would say he's been uh, a disappointment, but I don't know where you have him. And Tanya, what, what, who are the guys at tight end? Well, they have to hope that Tunyon is on pace to, to get back and, and actually play at a high level right out of the box. I don't know. Obviously, he's off the pup now, so the, the physically unable to perform list. So he could play in week one eligibility-wise, but is he going to be you know, where the Packers need him to be physically? I don't know. Robert Tunyon has a nice chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. It has great hands. If you look at his uh, drop ratio, it's very low in the NFL. So um, Robert Tunyon would be a guy, if he's healthy, that you know, would answer some of their tight end questions. If not... I agree with you. I'm kind of ho-hum on, on Josiah DeGuara so far. Uh, you know, Mercedes Lewis, to me, I thought Rodgers, you know, looked to force the ball to him unnecessarily at times last year. He definitely serves a role as a blocker, but I don't need to see the, you know, let's get Mercedes Lewis a touchdown campaign. So I, I think they would have some things to work on there at tight end, and they cut Dominique Daphne this week. So, um, you know, I think that's a position that the Packers rely on and would like to rely on again. But there's like a little knock on each of the guys so far that he needs to come back from. Any any uh, progress in the depth at a uh, linebacker? Uh, the outside linebacker spot, all of a sudden, Kingsley and Igbare has come on. And that's a name you didn't hear at all. It was very quiet through the start of training camp. And in the last, uh, since, since the family night, excuse me, not the family night, since the Niners game, and then uh, this week of practices, he's made a play or two consistently. Nice. So there's a guy that has moved up as the training camp period has gone along. Romeo Dobbs, to me, yeah, he still gets open, but I think you can see, you know, he's a rookie and he's not the absolute answer for everything at wide receiver. He made the good early splash. Now we're kind of, you know, seeing how some of this stuff shakes out. And Enig Barry is one of those guys, that outside linebacker, who's moved up. But is he ready to be a, your number three edge rusher? I don't think he can afford to say that. So... Are they ready at that position, Tony? I don't think so. I think they have two starters. And I would think really defensively, other than on the defensive line, they have a very good front unit. What is their depth going to be like? We talked last Thursday, or I guess it was Friday with you guys, before the game from San Francisco, about some of those players who had chances in the defensive backfield because they were going to get extra snaps in a game like that. I don't know if they showed you enough or not, or if they're going to continue to show you stuff as the preseason goes along. You mentioned Daphne. I was surprised, but I'm not there. I, I thought he would make the team. What, uh, what am I missing or what changed? Yeah, I thought, I thought he 
stood a good chance of making the team. You know, you have an injury, number one, and you have to come back from that. Obviously, Tunyon's coming back from an injury, too. But Daphne had a little different situation. So, you know, that knocks you down a peg, I think. Uh, they do have some big bodies uh, that I would, I thought were kind of project tight ends, but maybe are a little higher on their list than I expected, who could play that Daphne-type role. Elise Mack is a huge guy, played at Notre Dame, hasn't done a ton, but has, you know, popped a little bit in, in the practices. They claimed another guy today who's played a game, or this week at least, who's played a game in the league with the Bills. So I think they're still looking for that last tight end player, and uh, they you know kind of turn that spot. If it's not Daffy, it'll be somebody like him. Um, all right, defensively, uh, are you now thinking that uh, Rasul Douglas might be really good? Uh, Aaron Rodgers makes reference as far as uh, Woodson and. Um, he played, and then last year he made some big plays. But what what does your scouting bureau uh, scouting bureau have on Rasul Douglas? I, I think I've mentioned to you guys I would be wary of saying Rasul Douglas is has arrived just because of the backstory to get to this point. But I'm willing to say I might be wrong on that. He looks like a different player on the practice field, and not just because he's making plays, but the way he carries himself. Obviously, he has the contract now. I don't know if that's part of it, if that's a validation. He's amazing in terms of interviews, guys. Last year, Rasul Douglas was a very willing interview with the media, but truth be told, he didn't really offer a ton. This year, he's been introspective and expansive and uh, quotable, Literally, like a switch has been flipped. So maybe I am off on Russell Douglas, and he is the answer. Obviously, the Packers paid him as such. They're slotting him in there. They think he's going to be a major playmaker uh, on a major part of their team, and they might be exactly right on this because, again, it's a transformation, even from last year, just in the way he's walking around, his comportment, his, his conversation, that sort of thing. And if anybody was leading the charge and kind of woofing at the Saints this week, at least on Tuesday, it was Rasul Douglas. Uh, given what you just said about the tight end situation and what Aaron Rodgers had to say about the receivers, uh, how worried should we be about the, the offense, or, the, or at least that aspect of the offense? You know what, Tony? Great question, and I don't know. This is what the Packers did last year. They didn't play any of their main guys in the preseason. So you just assume, you know, they'd trot it all out there and be fine. And they got absolutely slapped upside everywhere by the Saints in the first game of the regular season. Uh, And I don't think they're going to play any major combinations uh, of any substance this preseason either. So it's hard to know because there are far more variables this year at that wide receiver spot. I think you could make a case for about seven guys at that wide receiver area. Like, you really think this is the guy who should be on the field. And I think you can legitimately support multiple players. But it doesn't matter what I think. It's a matter of what the Packers believe in. And does it really change when you start playing, A, different teams, which we've seen this week with the Saints, and then a little bit of that with the rookies, and B, then, regular season games where it's all on the line? I think it probably does, but how much of it is projection versus where they think, think they can be on production? For instance, Sammy Watkins, an injury-plagued wide receiver who's, what, 27 years old? Are you taking that because he's been in big games over projection of a younger guy? Maybe, maybe not. This should be the sorting-out period where we see that. 
And Aaron Rodgers obviously wants some surety about where his guys are going to be on the field. Uh, just a follow-up to that, uh, TVV. You know, I, I think what the Packers, it seems to me, what they've been doing uh, for a while now with, with Rodgers is they're depending on him to elevate his receivers, right, a little bit because he's so good. He's going to elevate them. Um in 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 a lot of different areas and make them better than they actually are. But uh, our friend Chuck Garbinian on golf asked me an interesting question. He says because uh, we were talking about that earlier, him elevating. But uh, the question he asks is: Is he elevating them or are they bringing him down? And that's why I ask you: the the receiving core are they bringing Rogers down? I mean, I know he he, he doesn't have Devonte anymore to to bail him out. So what's going to happen this year? It's an intriguing question, and I mean, I think we have to we have to see what the sample size will bear on that. Uh, you know, that is. I mean, one if they're of the dropping passes, I mean, and not running the right routes, running uh, the right routes. I mean, that's too the much. Thing. Packer, I mean, the Packer offense, Tony and Homer, you guys know this. It's predicated on precision. You're going to make physical errors. Even Roger said that the other day when we were talking to his locker. Physical errors are going to occur, but this offense and the way Aaron Rodgers approaches everything. Predicated on precision. I know where you're going to be. You're going to run, I'm going to call this route, and this guy is going to run that. You know when I watch these guys in the uh, the casual drills, you know, if, 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 if you see them rounding off, like before the game at San Francisco the other day, you know, they're running pass plays, and it's the, it's the starters who aren't going to play in that game, but they're your main guys. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Alan Lazard, the guys who are going to run it, okay? And those are those, and, and if they all start running a seven-yard out, and they're in the same spot on the field. And then one of the young guys comes up, and he runs an eight-yard out or a six-yard out. Guess what? That's not what the Packer offense is built on. So how's it going to be? Is Rodgers bringing him up? Is, uh, is this receiving core bringing them, him down? That's one of the major questions of the season, Tony. I absolutely think it will be a, kind of a referendum on where is the value? Is it the quarterback? Is it the receiver? Or how much is it the two of them matching together? No, that's why he's going to throw to Lazard. That's why he's going to throw to his guys. That's why uh, they may throw to the backs more. Those are kind of, that's, that's, why what, that's threw, what he does. That's why he threw the Cobb last year. Yes. I mean, obviously, Devontae Evans, but he threw plenty of passes to Randall Cobb in clutch situations, clutch spots on the field. And Randall Cobb's probably going to be in that role again. So, And that's why I don't think you can discount uh, you know, Sammy Watkins for one, uh, Jawan Winfrey for another. You know, some of these rookies, you get you get popped at the line. Are you going to get off the line and get to the spot you need to be? That's that's an, uh, that's a major question. Yeah, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. It could be Toure, it could be Watson, it could be Dobbs. It could it, it would go back to the tight ends we talked about. Is Tunyon going to be where he's supposed to be? I think Rodgers thinks he's going to be where he's supposed to be. Yes. And even Mercedes Lewis, who's limited, yes. is going to be where he's supposed to be. Yes, and the reason that's important is because you never throw an interception when the receiver is where he's supposed to be. That's right, because he's precise enough. Now, Jordan Love, who's not as accurate. He can throw an interception on any pass. Yeah, that's what I mean. He may <laughs> yeah. still do it because he's not as accurate as Rodgers. But Rodgers believes if you give me a – a window, let's circle it on the telestrator in the, in the team study room, and you want me to throw it there? I can throw it there. Love may not be able to throw it there. Yeah. Rodgers can throw it there, so it's on you to be there. Yeah. TVV, Tim Van Vorn, Fox 6 Sports, round two. You know it's going to be a scouting bureau. Scouting bureau. Next. ESPN Plus, it's a deal. 
You ask anybody that has ESPN Plus and they like it. You get everything. Everything. You get all the fights. You get all anything that's on ESPN. And then you can go to the documentaries. Then you can watch all of the thing that was on Jeter. It's fabulous. New and current subscribers will receive $20 off the pay-per-view price for UFC 278. Get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundle. Yeah, they have a bundle today. And you can go to ESPNMilwaukeeBundle.com, ESPNMilwaukeeBundle.com, and find out about it. That sends you to ESPN Plus. And I think the bundle they're talking about is ESPN Plus, Disney, Disney Plus, and Hulu. But if I'm wrong, let me know. But bundles save you money, and ESPN Plus is the real deal. You're listening to Homer and Tony on 94.5 ESPN and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Tim Van Vorn, Fox 6 Sports. Yes, he's an Am fan, but that doesn't matter. We're here to talk about the Green Bay Packers. I don't care where you are. You could be at the White House. You know what we're going to talk about? The Green Bay Packers. You're at Augusta at the Masters. You know what we're going to talk about? The, the Green Masters. Bay Packers. Um, I'm talking Masters. Aaron Rodgers had some comments about the young receivers. It is appropriately been analyzed by everyone. Uh, what did you think about what he said, how he said, give me TVV on Aaron Rodgers' thoughts on the young wide receivers? I was a little bit surprised how direct he was and kind of consistently direct. It's one thing to answer one question, um, you know, as he did, and then kind of soft pedal it the rest of the way or spin it back a different way. He stayed with that thing. There's no question. He understands the value of his media availability each week. He's going to set the narrative, and he did. Once again, he set the narrative by his comments. So um, I think he was challenging the young receivers. I think he was trying to humble the young receivers a little bit. I think he was challenging the offensive coaching staff. Um, And I think he was laying out there that, uh, you know, there's something to be done here for the Packers. Their offense didn't do much against the Saints, not just the young guys. They couldn't run. They didn't do much. And I think Rodgers is aware of that. And so, you know, all of a sudden you show up week one of the regular season and you don't have the same level of confidence in the overall unit, not just those young guys. That's going to be reflected back on Rodgers because we all know what he was signed for and what the goal is here in Green Bay. So I think it's all part of um, the opportunity to set a message out there that reaches beyond just what he had to say at his locker on Tuesday. Uh, TV, I had uh, yesterday Dario was subbing for my guy Homer here uh, mm-hmm. when I didn't get invited to his golf tournament. Thanks, Homer. <laughs> Uh, no hole in one, par three. Any, any? Right, right. Okay, gotcha. That. Uh, but we were a little critical of Rogers, and only for only for this reason. I'll explain it. I, don't, I want to know what you think of the the criticism. We were saying like Rogers, you, you coming into this year into into OTAs, you knew that you didn't have Devontae Adams. You knew you had a bunch of new guys, a bunch of young guys. Uh, so you knew that. The receiving core was going to be uh, in question. I'm not going to say you, you should be panicking about it, but you knew it was going to be in question. You knew it was going to be a, a big uh, a work in progress, right? What What is the problem with you showing up for OTAs and trying to help out uh, and get that process started sooner, uh, get those guys' development uh, along a little faster, Given that you said, "Hey, I'm I'm here to win a championship," you know, you said that this year. Forget the individual accolades. I already got my honorary black belt and all that stuff. Now I just want to win a championship, right? Do you think that's yep. asking a lot of him to do that little extra? Um, because and we said that 
after you know he's he's criticizing these guys for not doing this, not doing that. Well, you could have helped him a little bit by showing up for OTAs and maybe uh, you know moving their uh, progression along a little bit sooner. I think that that complaint is wide open, Tony. How could it not be? Uh, you know, there were those who were critical of skipping OTAs, whether everything was moving along swimmingly now or not. Uh, you know, the, but we've really seen a sea change on uh, mandatory re, re, mandatory attended, and it'll be interesting to see how much of an effect this turns out to to be. But you know, Tom Brady is not there right now with the Buccaneers. Uh, you know, and who he was there in some of the offseason stuff. But if they come out slow, oh well. Brady wasn't around. Is the criticism going to be directed at Brady, or is it going to be, well, we understand because he's Brady? Same sort of thing with the different timetable here on Rodgers. I think the more guys who miss these these workouts for whatever reason, it empowers others to do the same. Well, it would be uh, equal if Brady starts complaining, though, about the receivers. Well, I hear you. I hear you. But the proof will really be in the pudding either way, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers has, has had a a player he's been critical of most seasons in the past, but he's always been able to bail out and say, well, it's Devontae Adams that I can go to, or Randall Cobb, these other guys I trust. There's a, I mean, Jeff Gannis. Uh, I mean, how far down the list do you want to go of players who, you know, he just didn't trust and was not at all afraid to, to uh, call them out, whether they turned out to be, be good players or not. So I think he's always, this is kind of a group, this is kind of a, a group swipe with the brush, if you will, because so many guys fall into the category of young wide receiver. When he was asked specifically, are you talking about Romeo Dobbs? He said, well, no, not really. So, you know, who is he talking about there? That's open to interpretation. And maybe now one or two of these other players step up in the next two weeks, and you know as well as I do, part of the story then will be they responded to Aaron Rodgers' tough love. Maybe they'll all flop. Maybe they'll all just go the wrong way because they're not up for the criticism. We'll see. But the proof is going to be in the pudding. It always is. And this is Rogers' approach. This was Dan Marino's approach. Call people out. Put them on the spot. Some guys are going to respond to that. Some guys are not. Rogers has opened it up to the criticism that you you have levied here or mentioned, Tony, because he made the conscious decision and essentially poo-pooed OTAs. Talk with TVV. Time for one more question. I believe there should be no concern about the offensive line. It's fine. The players filling in did better than people thought. Jenkins is back. I expect Bakhtiari to be back. I think the offensive line is fine. Do you want to join my club? My guess is it will not be the concern that we uh, have been talking about for the last several weeks. But... I don't know if I'd say fine because I don't think they know who goes where. I, You know, Bakhtiari... It's an assumption that he's coming back at a high level. I think he comes back to play. It's an assumption that he comes back yes. at the highest level. Yes. But he's the left tackle either way. Yep. Okay? If Jenkins is the right tackle, then who are those interior guys? I think we know the center is Josh Myers. I definitely think the left guard will be John Runyon because even though they took him down, they put him back up, and he's played a lot of football, and he's played next to Bakhtiari. So I think those are four of your guys. Right, right guard is open. They've had a lot of different players there. And then who plays behind him? Because, you know, at some point as the course of the season goes along, you're going to get to that swing tackle. You're going to get to some of those interior guys who ended up playing a lot of football last year. The six and seven offensive linemen last year ended up playing a lot of football. Even the eighth guy ends up playing a lot of football. So they need to figure that out in the next two weeks. That's what these games are for. 
Not the starting spots. I agree with you. I assume Bakhtiari starts. I assume Jenkins starts when the game starts. But I don't know that they know who plays behind them when the inevitable occurs in the regular season. Jair Alexander cannot be as good as everybody says he is unless he gets more interceptions. You join that club? Uh, if you can't move the ball against the Packers, then they're doing their job. So I don't necessarily join that club. I think that's, a, you know, if he's a, if he's an elite corner, he's already paid as an elite cornerback. So the only thing that is the perception thing with Jair Alexander, and I assume any defensive back wants to get his hands on the ball. So I'm sure that that's a motivator for him. But if, if you're on a shutdown defense, you're already getting paid, and you're already kind of viewed perception-wise as one of the top three, four, five cornerbacks in the league, I don't think you feel you have to change your game, which I think is better. I don't think you turn into then this gambler because I have to make a name for myself in a contract year. I think if you're Jair Alexander, you're content in how the Packers feel about you. But if your defense doesn't make plays, turn things around, which is what saved them last year, and it was Rasul Douglas making those plays, then the, the onus is going to be on Alexander or somebody to step up in that area because the margin for error is not going to be very wide to the Packers, in my opinion, this season at all. The offense does not appear, at least early on, as though they're going to be able to go out and necessarily win football games. So the defense is going to have to win them, not, not hold the fort. The defense is going to have to win them, and sometimes that requires coming up with a takeaway. TVV, thanks. Uh, look forward you. to your next scouting bureau. Thanks. Always a pleasure, guys. See you. Tim Van Voren, Fox 6 Sports. Uh, I have to look up a couple, but I'm of the opinion if you don't have a lot of interceptions, you're not a great cornerback. I don't agree. Well, we're going to look at all the numbers. Next.